Welcome to season two of the Database Podcast, hosted by the Insight Consortium at the Indiana University School of Education. I'm Dr. Molly Stewart, Director of Insight. And I'm Rosh Danaude, Data Architect. Oh, no, actually, different title. I am the Director of Cloud Engineering and Interoperability at Education Analytics. Um, we have had a lot of changes over the course of the past year. Uh, sorry that we haven't gotten podcast episodes out, but we've been shuffling and moving around. Um, and we'd like to introduce season two by talking through some of those changes, um, especially the inner workings of when changes happen at EdFi Collaboratives and, and what that looks like. So turn it back over to Molly to, to, to kind of get us started and, and we will talk through and just free flow back about what's happened. Yeah, so over the course of about a year, maybe even more than a year, we have come across some, uh, I would say, both challenges and opportunities. And, you know, looking back at this point, we can say that it all turned out pretty well. <laughs> but a lot of the things that we went through as a collaborative, we think are also beneficial for other folks who might be in similar uh, projects, pr programs, or spaces to hear about and learn from. So um, we're going to do this kind of intro, episode zero of season two, um, to talk about what happened with us and uh, what we learned from it and uh, what we're looking towards in the future. So as Rosh mentioned, he is now um, with uh, Education Analytics, which is a nonprofit based in Wisconsin. Um, if you listened to our show last year, you probably remember Andrew Rice, CEO of Education Analytics, being one of our guests. And I would say that, you know, this was a really good opportunity for the larger EdFi implementation, like on a national scale, because Rosh is uh, very expert in EdFi and um, kind of outgrew working in just one collaborative. So the opportunity for him to go to education analytics and now work with uh, five states. Is that right, Rosh? Yeah, I think that's yeah. about right. So including Indiana, but also several others. That was a really good opportunity for, for the EdFi space as a whole, and Insight supported that. So um, we have been lucky to uh, both at IU and Education Analytics to have leadership at the top of our organizations, um, in, in Rosh's case, Andrew Rice, and in my case at IU, um, Stacey Maroney, who's the dean of the School of Ed have both been extremely supportive in making this work for us. So Rosh is still working with us um, in a more limited role and, and is able to kind of get his expertise to more folks who, who need direction and need, you know, some deep thinking about how to organize their implementations. So um, that is kind of the big change. And then Corey was also a host on the podcast. He has also gone to education analytics with Rosh as a cloud engineer. And um, we've got some new staff, new, uh, a, a year old at this point um, at Insight, who probably won't be podcast 
hosts of their own choice, but maybe we can, <laughs> maybe we'll see. So today, um, in addition to what I just said, we also want to talk about related things, including scaling district-based EDFI implementations. We want to talk about handling turnover and the issue of specialized knowledge in EDFI projects, and then the process of working with your leadership for creative solutions. So I'll turn it back over to Rosh, and um, you can jump in on any of those topics. Yeah, so I, I think it's important to just talk about what that transition looked like. Partly, I I was very hesitant to, to do this change. One, because we had been driving towards increasing stability in the Insight Collaborative itself. So we had several members that had been there for several years. We were hitting some data stability where we knew the data that would be there from year to year for most of the EdFi resources. So that enabled several districts that we were working with to do some novel integrations with EdFi. You know, one district was doing things with Salesforce. We had another district that was piping out data with another vendor into dashboards. And so I felt like we had really driven forward the work and had gotten to the point where we were actually delivering on the value that we had intended to much earlier in the EdFi journey. And I was very hesitant to leave under any circumstances because I didn't want to threaten the stability that districts were uh, receiving from their insight work. And so part of the transition to EA was one of the stipulations was that I could continue to work. And that's where the flexibility of both Stacy and Andrew comes into play is coming up with a solution where even in my expanded role here at EA, I still had the opportunity and the uh, the freedom to continue to work on insight in a very clear scope. So we have currently, the I think I'm officially a subcontractor for Indiana University. And the way that we worked it is at the beginning, while Matt was still getting up to speed, we had a lot of support hours. It also included the work that we were doing with New Mexico. And we made sure that there were enough hours for me to be able to work on inside things, continue that stability, while also, I think really importantly, transferring a lot of that specialized knowledge over to Matt, who had not done anything with Ed5, but was a full stack developer and had a lot of expertise from the previous work that he had done with IU, um, had some institutional knowledge of the university itself, but had not a ton of experience with K-12. And so our goal was to get this talented person and then somehow feed him all the information that he needed to continue that stability. And I think that experiment has worked out with flying colors, a lot on the strength of Matt as just an individual uh, and an individual who has really identified with the mission of the work that we're doing. But Matt, with his um, approach to the work that we're doing, has been able to continue to drive towards stability introduce a lot of standard practice in the reporting that we're doing, uh, bringing a lot of standardization behind the scenes to things that were, I think the fair word to use there, just slap together, <laughs> just because it was me and Molly for a long time on the behind the scenes where we were just kind of cobbling together things as they came up in those 
pandemic and right after the pandemic years. And so Matt has brought a lot of standardization to our behind the scenes process. And so that was the work of the last year is to make sure that if for whatever reason, I did not have the flexibility to continue working on Insight, that Insight could still thrive and not take any steps back. And I think we've successfully done that. Um, I'd be interested to hear from Molly because I don't think we've had this conversation offline, uh, but I'd be curious to see like Molly's thoughts on how that transition worked and if she feels the same way as I do when she does it. Yeah, so I think that one of the strengths that Matt brings as as well as what you mentioned is organization and documentation, which is kind of the the holy grail of development work things that people don't necessarily like to work on in terms of documentation but you know that are so important so that's a real strength that we didn't necessarily look for specifically when we were hiring but it became very clear that that aspect of uh, maps professional skill set was going to be key to being able to systematically get the knowledge transfer, the technical knowledge transfer from Rosh and get it into a place where it could then be um, utilized by multiple people going forward. And in doing so, also kind of reviewing the processes that had been kind of chosen or followed so far, looking at ways that we can improve those or streamline them or clean them up and kind of doing that all in one organic process. So as part of going through that learning experience with Matt and the knowledge transfer process, we also have feel like we have some lessons learned in terms of hiring for EdFi projects because especially with small projects like ours, we may not be able to hire a front-end developer and a back-end developer and a project manager. You know, we may only have enough uh, capacity to hire one or two people who are going to have to do a lot of different things. So looking for staff who have kind of multiple kinds of knowledge and experience, um, maybe not super experts in one area, but then also having some kind of like creative, but also like organ organization minded focus. There's, I mean, I think it's really hard to look for these things when you're hiring. I mean, it's really hard to get that from a person in an interview or in a, in a reference even, but just some things to look for that might not be super obvious when you're thinking about writing a position description or writing your interview questions, et cetera. Yeah. And even as I've done some hiring within EA, the marketplace for folks that can work on EdFi, they're still not people that would probably put EdFi on their resume that you can pull off the shelf right now. And if there are, 
they are within implementations that may be at risk and at risk of instability if you do pull them away. So that that's a thing that I've had to measure and think about with regard to what my transition has been to EA when considering hiring folks into our team that are part of other EdFi projects because we need specialized EdFi knowledge. That's not been easy to do, but what we have found is that we have found other folks that don't have direct EdFi experience, but have the attributes that Molly just mentioned and are flexible enough to learn EdFi on the job while also delivering a high level of uh, quality to our external partners. And so we recently hired a position called an interoperability support specialist who essentially play the role that, that Matt plays currently and that I play when I was at uh, Insight of being the person that bridges the gap between the technical, knows enough about the technical, but also is able to actually talk with districts and facilitate uh, conversations with districts directly. And so there's not people that have done that with EdFi that uh, are on the open marketplace right now. And so we have a couple of folks that we hired that came from a similar industry. So one came from a ed tech hardware firm, and then another person came from a place that sold software that was used by law firms. And so both of them had transferable skills, even though they weren't exactly EdFi related. So you have to get a little bit creative because the marketplace doesn't present itself with ready-made people that check all the boxes, you're really looking for those attributes that say, this person is flexible enough to learn new content and then also be able to communicate effectively with districts to not lose district trust. And I think that was a really important part of my transition is to make sure that we brought in somebody that would be able to interact with districts in a way that did not degrade institutional trust and insight. And Matt has been able to pull that off really well in terms of being an effective communicator with districts. And I think that's really the most important part of doing EdFi well, is being able to connect with the various entities that are using EdFi or populating EdFi and be able to talk with them and help them solve their problems without good communication I don't think any of the other stuff happens, no matter how talented you are, uh, no matter how skillful you are with the backend technology or with EdFi itself. That, that's been helpful for me in looking for staff members. And if we were fortunate to find Matt. Uh, and then as we have expanded the team at EA, we've been fortunate to find other folks that don't exactly have the EdFi qualifications, but have the ancillary skills to come in and do the work at a high level and then also with caring for that mission in their communications as well so that's that's a that's been an interesting new experience for me and then a shared experience with the insight team to to get matt on board and to get a person that could do those documentation things could standardize process but also was not was not bad at communication because that's that's really the key and i I feel like we've had a really successful transition with Matt running comms on a lot of technical troubleshooting. And I would be, I would be stunned if a district came to us and said that uh, things are different now. I feel like they're better than they were when I was there because Matt is 
way more focused than I am. And, and truly, I am not skilled like Matt is at being able to distill information into effective documentation. That is not a skill that I have. So Matt has been able to uh, avoid some of that noise and then also drive on his own skills to be able to do that work. So finding that unique combination of people may be challenging, but they do exist out there and they don't necessarily come from existing EdFi implementations. So I think that the last thing that we wanted to talk about in this kind of specialized knowledge too is the one constant in the in the folks that uh, we've hired at EA on the EdFi team and then also with Matt has been really the thing that has made them successful is having a baseline experience with um, database skills or like DBA skills. And that helped tremendously with transitioning Matt into this role uh, is that he already had skills in database administration. And a lot of the current state of EdFi requires you to be able to be nimble and understand the complex data structures uh, that undergird EdFi. And so his skills in being able to do that represented one less thing that we had to skill him up in. And so I think that's an important thing to consider too when you're looking for somebody to come in and plug in is that experience in this particular technical skill set will help uh, with, with a transition, especially because there's so much else to consume with EdFi, making the troubleshooting of data landing in the database and being able to traverse that, those schemas is, is a huge asset uh, in somebody that you're hiring. So the last thing that I wanted to say here is something that we've seen in our own work, but we've kind of seen it with other implementations as well, which is that when you when you find someone who really gets the work and can do all those multiple things that are required, they can very quickly grow out of a position, the position that you hired them in. And so in terms of sustainability and thinking about turnover and thinking about like a professional community as the director of insight you know my goal for people who work here is is that they have the opportunities to grow and be creative and do everything that they're capable of uh, and maybe even go beyond what they think that they're capable of. And, but the, the quote unquote downside of that is, is that they may grow out of the opportunities that we can offer in a relatively small project like insight. So thinking about different ways that we can, foresee those things, you know, coming, coming in the future and thinking about what are ways that we can take the multiple different parts that one very talented person or a few very talented people have been able to kind of all 
have within one person and separate those thinking about that documentation piece and the organization piece you know i i would say that that's kind of the next step for me in terms of thinking about the future because every individual in the edfi community who becomes very knowledgeable and very skilled and has successes in their kind of first work opportunity is going to be very attractive to you know the the bigger organizations the bigger companies people that can pay more or have a more attractive position in terms of a person's professional growth which is totally understandable so just thinking about that which is both a limitation and an opportunity you know an opportunity for individual folks a limitation for a small project um but something that you know we don't necessarily want to stop anyone from being able to do that that's the last thing that that we kind of had on our on our list of issues and and ideas to talk about today Rosh, did you have did you want to mention anything else about that kind of nope line I think of thinking that covers it even identifying a way to stay in touch with that previous person finding a way to keep open lines of communication to to definitely unearth where like how things work has been really important so matt always has a line open uh and can say hey this thing is uh weird what does it actually do and then we have a, we can have just a conversation on slack to say oh yeah it's this uh old thing that uh, was supposed to work this way but now we're this way uh, and, and here's why you need to pay attention to it so it's worked out pretty well uh, in terms of pulling out a bunch of information out of my head, especially things that we had set up way at the beginning of Insight that had become routine day-to-day -day things that you don't even really think about. But for a new person being put into that role, uh, they don't have that institutional knowledge. And so some of those things were also important to say, why are these things the way that they are? And this is why. Well, we're going to wrap up this kind of intro episode for season two, and uh, we think you'll enjoy the plans that we have for season two. You may not hear Rosh as much because his schedule is way harder to pin down now, but we're going to get him on the episodes when we can. And if any of our listeners have an idea for an episode, people that you'd like us to interview or if you want to talk about the project that you're doing please reach out we'd love to chat with you about opportunities for getting your story out there or getting stories out there of of other people that you're interested in learning more about so um, do reach out to us if you have ideas and uh, we will be putting out uh, several new episodes in the next few weeks 